This episode is brought to you by Southern Elegance Candle Company, where modern values meet Southern charm. Right now, check out their spring and summer collection with candle scents such as Celebration, Coastal Waters, and Farmer's Market. And our two personal favorites, Southern Sunshine, which fills the room with an amazing aroma of citrus and sugar, and Southern Nights, which is a blend of sandalwood and gooseberries. Be sure to visit secandlecode.com and use our promo code CRUX, that's C-R-U-X, for 15% off all regularly priced items. That's secandlecode.com, where they lovingly craft each scent and city combination to elicit a fond memory to whisk you to a place of pure joy. What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, but more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with the policy that's affordable. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. And Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk about the red-hot NBA playoffs. The newest news in the NFL, not looking good for the city of Rock Hill. Your emails, big deal, no thing, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. As always, thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook or Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. You can also be a part of the show on our Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. I am excited, excited, excited to be back with you guys yet another time. It feels like these weeks just come and go and come and go and come and go. But without further ado, let me welcome in my main man and yours, DJ Highstar. What's good with it, bro? What up, what up, what up, what up? Shout out to Carolina Sports Talk Nation. Shout out to all of the cities and the towns in South and North Carolina. You already snow, man. How, how your week been, bro? Yeah, I, listen, we out here two hardworking men, man. I barely get to holler at my dog anymore, man. I know you laid up with the boot at the crib, but how everything else going for you? You healing good? Trying to, man. Trying to just, yeah, on the sideline right now. So got uh, got the leg elevated and, and iced up right now. But uh, the show must go on. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, think about it like this. At least with you being laid up at the crib, uh, you got some amazing sports going on. See, I love this time of the year, especially with the NBA, because every night there's some good games going on. And um, 
I don't think there's any exceptions with this with this season um, in the postseason. So without further ado, you you, you want to run down some NBA scores? Let's get it. So we're going to start off with Monday, um, Monday, April the 18th. Starting off in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia 76ers uh, down the Toronto Raptors 112 to 97 to go up 2-0 in their series. The Mavericks beat the Jazz 110-104 to tie that series up 1-1. And the Warriors beat the Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets, 126-106 to to go up in that series 2-0. So far tonight, we actually have... um, as a final, Miami beat the Hawks earlier this evening, 115-105 to go up 2-0 in their series. And currently the Grizzlies are beating the Timberwolves 77-53. Looks like they're going to be able to tie the series up if they can hold on um, to their large lead. So while I um, – and then, of course, the Pelicans and the Suns, they're actually playing is pretty early in that one right now. But while I have these scores up, uh, it did remind me of a question I had for you earlier this week. Big Cliff, but um, with some of these leads and we, we discussed the play-in games and, and kind of where you were right at, where we were both wrong at and a lot mm-hmm. of the play-in tournament. Um, but one one uh, game in that tournament that stood out was the New Orleans Pelicans beating and defeating the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, they came back from an mm-hmm. insurmountable lead. Right now, Memphis, again, is up by about 23 on uh, Timberwolves and it brought up a question that I have for you. What deficits are tougher to overcome and why uh, college or the pros? I think uh, college is easier to flip your question a little bit, but the pros are probably a little bit harder oftentimes, except for during times like this. And I know there's a bunch of hedging and hedgy Murphy all the way around, but to simplify and to give a most direct answer possible, I think on a, in a regular season, it's going to be the pros. Um, college just is a game of, of runs, um, as we know the pros to be, but that emotion, um, playing in your home stadium and, and the, the, just the feeding off of the crowd, it's easy to take, Oh, we're down 20. Psh, all right, let's go ahead and take this next six minutes, especially without having the, um, several breaks that the pro game has with commercials and TVs and 167,000 timeouts and everything. I just think it's, it's just, it's more conducive for the college game to be able to allow those players to come back and, and make a run and, and come back with the pros. Like I said, with the exception of the playoffs, because the intensity raises almost to the level similar to that of college during the playoffs. But for me, it's definitely going to be college being easier and the pros being harder. What are your thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a little bit tougher in the pros. Um, you realize everybody really from a lot of times it gets overlooked, but everybody from the starting you know, point guard or starting center down to the 12th man was the man in high school or in mm-hmm. college and really has has professional level skills. So um, a lot of times, you know, again, whenever it's like insurmountable, uh, we're talking 25 plus and things like that. It's a little bit tougher because getting those stops a lot of times in the NBA um, seem like it's a little bit more challenging than getting stops in a uh, in college, in college, you start to see like shots tightening up, guys, guys tightening up, or or their legs getting a little bit heavy whenever uh, there's pressure and stuff like that building uh, for them to either keep a lead or to or to try to come back from a lead. So 
something like you said it's 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 you know forecastable that that you can you can forecast the the comebacks whenever they those runs start up in college whereas uh in the nba it's a little bit more difficult which brings me to my next point um and i definitely want to ask you about some of your standouts so far in the playoffs but the golden state warriors i gotta give give my uh adopted squad some props man um they deserve they're a round of applause up, man <laughs> they're trying to come up with a bunch of different nicknames i heard one the other day ptsd uh for pool thompson uh I think Steph and Draymond. I, I, but anyways, yeah, that, that's exactly my response to it when I saw it. But um, yeah, they, they're doing their thing right now. Jordan Poole really uh, showed showed off last night and did his thing. But overall, and then of course Steph Steph just being Steph and having a blast out there as the sixth man and coming off the bench, contributing what he contributes right now. Uh, you know, just coming out of recovery from that injury. Golden State looks the Golden State looks real good, man. Um, you know, and like I said, they're not even at their best version of themselves right now. They're just kind of tinkering and playing with different lineups. Bringing Steph Curry off the bench is a dangerous thing. As you mentioned, Jordan Poole, not to be confused with Jordan Peele, as somebody on my Facebook did uh, <laughs> yesterday. Um, the boy is playing lights out. He's got that swag that um, that the Playing with the Splash Brothers affords you. Um, and like you mentioned, uh, I've heard it, a lot of different things. Um, the, what is it? The 3 and D, no, not 3 and D. Um, 3G? 3G, three guard. Uh, yeah. Uh, the new death lineup, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's trouble. And even to see Draymond lock up Jokic like he did, like he had, but like big that. man. Gotta give him, gotta give him props. Yeah. That was a, that was a large assignment. Uh, no, no pun intended. But that was that that assignment, uh, man. That that's work. That's that's a night full of work right there. And 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 you can tell that you get in your head beat in when your players start beef, beefing and banging on the on on the, on, <laughs> on the sidelines and on the bench. As a Lakers fan, I can attest to this. When we had to go through it this season, when we were getting drug up and down the court, and our players had a little spat. Um, and so I understand it, but um, Boogie Thank Cousins you for keeping that Lakers reference short. But Boogie Cousins, see, I'm just gonna breeze on by that. <laughs> Boogie and uh, Mr. Green got into it on the Denver side, and after that, it, it just it just seemed like it was just it done. was um him and what Will Will Barton? I want to say I thought it was Green, but whomever it was, he got into it with one of his teammates, and you could yeah. tell after that they were just just done for. And even when like some of their players were like trying to pop back and talk noise. It's like, Oh yeah. Oh y'all upset. You mad? Watch this. Whoop, whoop. And easy layup backdoor cut. Like, and, and, and there was no answer that Denver had for him. I enjoyed the game. I'm it's no, it's no mistaken. Um, for the rest of the season, it's like go warriors. <laughs> if you can adopt them as your secondary team, Hey, yo, check it out. We've already talked about. Anyways, yeah, exactly. Moving state, forward. Brother. Same state. <laughs> And that has what to do with the price. Like, if it was the Lake, the Lakers and the Clippers, I could see that, bro. But, yo, and I need my, I need the listeners to let me know if y'all think it's a, th- a, a taboo or it's some type of foul, especially how much you champion the Lakers. 
Because I'm a Lakers fan, but there's nothing wrong with cheering for good basketball. They are an entertaining squad. I already like Steph, the Carolina kid. Again, we've talked about it uh, enough. But, yo, I'm I'm rocking with them. Um, I'm just a fan of and looking forward to some good basketball. The Phoenix Suns looked highly impressive the other night. And that's against the squad that I was giving the props to. CJ McCollum is a monster, but... Um, Ain't got nothing for them, boy. <laughs> not right now. No, not not by himself. Not single handedly. Uh, when you got a healthy Chris Paul, and then of course D Booker um, doing what he's going to do. It's, Absolutely, it's tough. It's, it's, it's yeah, tough and there's it. and they've got depth. That's one of the things where the the Warriors even have. I think they played what ten players or nine players uh, in their game last night. And then now you've got the Suns who are doing the same thing, 10, 11 players who all coming in. Chris Paul is all, has always been a lethal floor general. Him and a little spot-up uh, mid-range jumper or the little floaters and all of that, if he starts making three-point shots like he was doing the other night, they're going to be hard out for anybody, um, period. So um, do, do you One think – One thing about the Suns. Go ahead. And this, this is also, you know, time-stamping and marking – our time here at Carolina Sports Talk, but the uh, the maturation of one DeAndre Ayton. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he playing like a big man. Exactly. Right. He playing like he playing big. Now, see, and that's the only thing, going back to Golden State, that's the only thing that would worry me is, yes, Draymond locked up Jokic um, or Jokic, uh, but, like, I don't see them being able to, if they get uh, against uh, – uh, the, anybody in the East with their big men, whether it be Giannis, whether it be um, your boy out in Indeed. Philly and B Joel, it's I don't see him doing nothing with them. Looney has to play big. If Looney could play to the level of a DeAndre Ayton, the the Golden State Warriors would literally be unstoppable. But. We will see and kind of maintain what's going to happen from there. So uh, as we move forward with a couple of the other games, man, it, what do you think about that Raptors 76ers series? Um, I just I. I see it more as a Drake versus Meek Mill series, but I like um, <laughs> I really like uh, Philadelphia in that series. It's uh-huh. kind of one of the uh, again, one of the one of the series that I look to for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, I like kind of James James Harden's focus in this series. He's looking to get all his team involved and stuff like that, and and then you still he still reminds you that he's James Harden at the same time. Mm-hmm. So and and again, Embiid is doing what Embiid does. So you know it's it's uh I, you know that's that's pretty much. I want to talk more about the Brooklyn Boston series a little bit, but go mm, ahead with yeah. uh with your thoughts on Philly. Here's the thing, Skip. Toronto just is undermatched, is overmatched. Um, I don't see them without a doubt winning a game. Uh, they 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 were already going to have a, a tough go at it, and and now dealing with the injuries that they are, yeah, that from that one for me is done. Uh, I am interested in seeing what happens with on the other side. Right before we get to um, Boston, um, the Timberwolves and the Grizzlies. I I didn't expect the Timberwolves, even though. Um, your boy, uh, the <laughs> the crazed man himself, uh, is out there, Pat Bev, and his, his DNA pause is on this team too. The way that he's got them playing, I didn't see them beating the Grizzlies, and, and certainly not by thirteen points like they did um, on last Saturday. So that'll be well, one. That, Go ahead. 
that brought up another question that I actually have for you this week. Um, with the playing tournament and the format that the way it's been, mm-hmm. are would you, um, as a professional player, would you prefer to have the rest of, say, one a Boston Celtics team or something like that, and be resting for five days, or have ride the momentum and be fresh off of a playing tournament? Uh, maybe two straight games from playing tournaments uh, with not like uh, losing the first one and then winning the second one and both of them being, you know, wire to wire games where it takes all of your, all of your superstars to, to win those games or whatnot. And I, <laughs> I hate to be conditional on my answer. So I'll, I'll just say this me, I'm going to want the rest, gotcha. but I, I will acknowledge that it does depend on the type of team that you're, that you are. If you're the Grizzlies, um, a team like them who's young and who can get, I think, the more experience and the more reps and the more that those young boys can run and play and get used to each other in that high, um, high like tension atmosphere and that playoff atmosphere, I think that benefits a younger team like that a lot more. Let's say the Lakers were in that position. There wasn't nothing we wanted. And that's why when we were down to the second half of the brackets for the play-in, yeah, yeah, fix your face. I right? just got hit. Lakers <laughs> reference, man. Y'all are out of. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. We also the oldest team in the league, so it's applicable in this instance, bro. Relax. But um, if it, oh, okay, let's not say the Lakers. If you're an old team like whoever else isn't the Lakers, let's call them the the Cakers. If you're the Cakers <laughs> and you, you you want that rest, then no, you don't want to stay at the bottom half of that. And so you would love to be able to yo. Let me get a week and a half or eight days or whatever it may be to go ahead and relax, get my guys healthy, get some wind on them. If you're dealing with knickknack injuries or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So, um, but so do you see, but you still see value in coming in hot off of like with momentum from the playing tournament at all? Most definitely. Kind of the way that Minnesota has. Yeah. But then um, things always balance themselves. I think that momentum against, a quality team, you may be able to get one. I'm, my mind goes back to the Lakers <laughs> a few years, several, several bunches of years ago when they played the Iver, Allen Iverson-led Sixers. Um, the Sixers were coming in hot after, after a seven-game series. Lakers had been sitting for a while, and Philly won game one. I was like, yo, hey, hey, hold up. What's what's up? And then we won the next four and, and got that chip. And was He's going to find there. a way, y'all. He's gonna find a way. Listen, y'all. at this point now, it's just a skill. Like I'm, <laughs> he's gonna find a way. I'm gonna search call it out every single time. I'm gonna search the databanks and figure out a way to be able to apply the Lakers to any and every point. I'm sure that we can do it. And now I feel like it's a challenge. <laughs> so let's, let's let's jump to uh, one of the Lakers foes that you know because we'll bring it up in winning time. Talk a little bit later, but Boston mm-hmm. right now mm-hmm. they're. Um, they're playing the Kyrie and Kevin Durant led uh, Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, their first game, awesome game, came down to a buzzer beater by Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. Uh, broken play, Marcus Smart. Uh, shout out to Marcus Smart as well. I mean, he's had kind of a Pat Beverly esque type career, but mm-hmm. I like. He's actually defensive trouble, player of the year this I, year too. Partner cut off. No, that's awesome. And after the trouble that he was in or like that he found himself in in college, I like kind of, you know, just it's not even a rebrand for him, but just the way that he's consistently um, 
held down his professional career. So shout out to Marcus Smart. Honestly, he he works hard, plays hard. Um, I, I you know I just like I like I like players that play hard. But um, I don't like the dude. I, no, and I I again I don't like the team that he's on. Okay, I, I, okay. I've never liked Boston. I don't. It's it's almost like me liking Manny Ramirez or something like that or Pedro Martinez. Like Heard. I kind of just give credit, but I don't. I don't definitely don't like the team that he's on. But I I just salute his the way that he gets down. He's scrappy and he gives effort. In other words, like and you know the dude gives effort. I can't. I can't. I can't knock that. So, but anyways, it was a broken play. The last play of the game. As the time's going out, it reminded me because I was going. I found myself going for Brooklyn. It, mm-hmm. it took me back to Villanova versus UNC where mm-hmm. I could just see like Chris Jenkins and like, oh, the time is going. Trail. It's going so perfectly that there's not going to be any there's not going to be an opportunity for Brooklyn if this stuff goes the right way. And sure enough, it's like Jason Tatum saw the play ahead of time to to make this spin move on Kyrie and lay it up, you know, um, right there at the buzzer. Uh, they initially tried to call it off. They looked back at it and uh, and then confirmed that it was good. And there's nothing that Brooklyn can do at that point after both teams played such, you know, their hearts out. Um, did you see that game one? And what did you think about everything with it? I did. Um, what, first of all, the, the thought that just kept ringing in my mind, there is no way that this should be a first round matchup. Now, we understand based <laughs> yeah. on Kyrie playing yeah. half of the season for a long time and injuries and, you know, your boy Harden doing what he was doing early on and all that. Like, I, we, we get it. I understand. However, there is no way that this needs to be a this, first round game. This brings series. up a great point, though, Big Cliff. This year, I think I've seen some between them and Golden State, mm-hmm. there are. Teams that are ranked, the seeds that are lower seeds that nobody wants to see. One no parts of. <laughs> if you're like one, two, or three that you just don't want to see, you know what I'm saying? And and that they definitely count as one. They're gonna they're gonna give Boston a headache. And like you said, it it, it shouldn't. It, it's just one of those like anomalies. It shouldn't be a first round matchup. Yeah. I do have to also give a shout out to my girl, Malika Andrews. Malika brought up a point on her show. Um, She said, this has the potential of being not as entertaining as we think it's going to be. This Mm. first game was amazing. But she says she feels like Boston may have figured something out about the Brooklyn Nets. Um, I hope she's wrong because with the excitement, the entertainment, this felt like a conference championship type game um, and series I hope that she's wrong and I hope that these guys are able to you know come out I am interested in seeing your boy come back Ben Simmons in game four anticipated possibly five because he will add another element to this series that will take it even to another level Uh, although I don't really like expect Nathan not a zip zilch zero from him offensively um uh, defensively, I think he is the key that because right now they have had um, Kevin Garnett on Jason Tatum a lot, and that exerts a lot more energy because Kevin Garnett is it Kevin Garnett Kevin is a a decent Durant. yeah Kevin is a decent defender, and so he has to exert energy and use a lot of the 
momentum and skills and all that on that side. And so when it comes down to offensively, he's tired. Now, Kyrie showed his tail um, and probably because he had to and they energized him, which is another story we'll talk about in just a few minutes. But um, I think adding Ben Simmons in defensively is going gonna, is gonna to push them over the hedge to, to, to be, be able to beat this Celtics team. What are your thoughts on Ben Simmons coming back? Yeah, I mean, again, I I always look at, and I, I hate to look at, you know, in in the NBA or or any professional athletes rather as just commodities, mm-hmm. but it's it's another six fouls that you have there, um, and at the same time, like you said, it's a, it's just a body there that is skilled enough, uh, lengthy enough pause that he's going to be able to present present a defensive presence at the end of the day mm-hmm. worst case worst case scenario he's going to present a defensive presence you have a leader like Kyrie on the floor then it's like find your find your cutting lanes and I'm gonna get you the ball you know what I'm saying or even with Kevin Durant uh, they 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 you know I'm excited to see if the Nets can kind of move off the ball like a east coast version of the Warriors if you will they have the pieces to do so. I was watching the Warriors last night, and one thing that makes them so entertaining is that it's the system of cuts. It's the it's the system that they have where whoever you plug in, as long as you're making your cuts and everything like that. One thing that I stress to my my younger uh, I call him my nephew, but my my younger cousin, whenever he's playing ball, I'm like, bro, first of all, you're spacing, but also don't be stagnant. Don't if you're, if you're in one move. place, you know, that's something that you don't got to get coached on. Like, don't be afraid to just to move around or whatever like that. Find a lane and cut. And with the Warriors is so precise. It's so it's 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 yeah, it's, you could tell that it's 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 pre-planned. It's programmed. You know what I mean? So I could see the Nets kind of fostering the same situation, especially with their head coach and, and things like that. Uh now, I will say this. The, I, I'm going to go to the other end of that, though. As where there are some levels of that being implemented, it feels a lot more floor controlled. Like Kyrie is trying to put players into positions. Um, Kevin is putting folks in spots, and they're really just working at themselves. As where with Golden State, it's methodical. Like you see oh, yeah. the execution being made. With them, it's more... Yo, watch this. Let, let, let me get my work on. Even when they come to ISO, you can see that that's them individually being superstars, them taking the game over, them putting people in position. With Golden State, it's interchangeable, man. And, and it's just, yeah. it's, it's, oh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch, bro. So, yeah. I don't know how much that is a reflection of Steve Nash. Cause if you remember early in the year when Kyrie and Kevin gave that sign off on him, um, there was a lot of folks saying he doesn't have, the system in place he doesn't have the not just the experience but he doesn't have the system in place to be able to support them and they were like oh we don't need a coach we could what we got we can go and do it ourselves and whoop, whoop, whoop. and it's almost looking like that's true it's, it'll be interesting to see as the system excuse me as the series and as the games progress and continue to move on especially in the clutch of playoff basketball if yeah. steve nash is able to put his stamp on that team with uh, with that being said, I think you know to your point regarding Golden State, a lot of people will characterize Draymond Green's play 
as reckless whenever it comes to the offensive side, mm-hmm. but he knows exactly where his players are going to be at all times. Exactly. And you, when you do know that, it's like you're thinking, you're thinking ahead of your actions. You know, his his mindset is a play or a, a step ahead of what he's doing at the time, where it could seem reckless, but it'll end in like a alley oop or something, yep. or a bounce pass to Wiggins that ends in a dunk or something like that because he knows where everybody's supposed to be. Shout out to Wiggins real quick. Shout too. out to ugly man Wiggins, bro. Yeah, nah. Hey, bro. What? What'd I say? Oh, uh, you have to knock the Canadian like that? <laughs> Try to lighten it up. <laughs> Dog, shout out to Wiggins, man. Like, oh, we, we, still, we, still, we still laughing. We, it's, they were apparently amused. But no, I didn't like Wiggins. Um... <laughs> I, pr- probably because he played for the Cavs starting off. Um, I did feel a little bit bad for him when uh, LeBron was like, yeah, I'm coming back. Y'all get rid of that dude. Hey, yo, uh, Wiggins, we appreciate you. Right. <laughs> we'll holler. Um, but he's playing to the capability of where he was drafted and what and what he was brought in to do. So shout out to him. Defensively, offensively, he's, he's, he's a good fit for Golden State. Now, granted, I'm sure everybody who's got some talent could be a good fit in Golden State when when you run into systems and things of that nature. But he stepped up to the to really earn that title and and the acclaim right. that he was getting from the beginning. Steps into his role as well, and it just again, like you said, his talent his talent is able to be kind of highlighted and showcased. Where if you're not that main guy that we're depending on, whether it's Minnesota or Cleveland or wherever, then then yes, it's like okay. Oh, I forgot this dude is this athletic. Yeah, oh, yeah. Nah, <laughs> well, you do was... got some skills. <laughs> right, right, right. So definitely, um, huge, huge uh, week, weekend, all of that stuff of basketball. Currently, um, the timber, the, the Timberwolves are still down uh, to the Grizzlies. Uh, looks like one hundred two to eighty one currently but uh and it looks like john morant he's on the sideline with uh with like a, a small thigh injury of some mm-hmm. sort so uh we'll we'll keep an eye on that throughout the show um but moving moving along i know that you have a couple council meetings that you got coming up that you gotta uh sit in on <laughs> you want to get right to it <laughs> first of all let, let, let's just have a moment of silence for the Carolina Panthers Rock Hill development. Moment of silence. Oh, my goodness, bro. In case you guys have missed it, the Carolina Panthers have terminated the Rock Hill Project Agreement. Uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago. Don't don't be over there smiling at me, bro. Say, you should call him out, right? David it, Tepper, more more specifically, right? It's not even David Tepper, bro. Because I'm I'm okay. listen, I'm finna get in my bag because I'm on my soapbox right now. Uh, Carolina Sports Talk does not support the following diatribe by Big Cliff in any way, shape, or form. Unnecessary censors will be applied. First of, of all, I don't even understand why the and the just I just. And it, and then, and then this man gonna have to, to just, and do you understand how much we just out of here? And you don't, oh, ah. <sighs> bruh. You good? No, <laughs> <laughs> bruh. The Carolina Panthers 
have been the team of the Carolinas for as long as they've been in existence. In one way, shape, or form, South Carolina has been represented. David Tepper bought the team and decided that he wanted to make it the full Carolinas team. And he wanted to bring the practice facility here to Rock Hill. And all very practical, very practical. All that the city of Rock Hill had to do was come up with the two hundred and what thirty five million dollar bonds. That's it. But no. And then y'all governor couldn't do what the he was supposed to. And now the Panthers done the city. I'm just over it at this point. I done lost all my mind right now, bro. I'm just done for. I can't take it no more. I done took all I can took and I can't take it no more. When I heard the news this afternoon, I was beside myself with anger. Considering the You don't say. The, <laughs> considering the levels of which this is going to suck. Now, there are some possibilities in which the city can say, hey, you know what? We was just playing our bad. We got that 225 mil. Here you go. Bonk. Get it back on schedule. Yes, that's a possibility. However, not likely at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you before bruh. I even keep going, bro? What yeah. are your thoughts, bro? There's some things. There's some things in this world that you say. Uh, you look at the ticket, you know. You look at the receipt for, and you say, you know what? That's too tall of a ticket. I'm not paying that much for this. I'm not <laughs> paying that much for that. You want how much for this car? You want what for this meal, bro? <laughs> To bring this the footprint of the Carolina Panthers, a major football team, oh which is a multi-billion dollar industry, mm-hmm. all of the foot if I'm not mistaken, all the NFL teams are worth at least a B. I'm not I'm not sure of the numbers, but if not worth close to it. Right. Um it is not I'm not gonna say it's a no brainer, but it's not it's not a tall it's not task. a hard it's not yeah. a, it's not, a, it's hard not choice. a hard choice to make yet when you when you think about it in the grand scheme of things. Like I said, some things you got to kind of question in your mind. Uh, should I really spend this much on this suit? You know, I could go to K&G's. I can go ahead and get me, you know, one suit and get two for free. I don't need to spend a thousand dollars on a suit. But when you're talking about the Carolina Panthers putting a footprint in Rock Hill and um, generating some of the the revenue that it was going to generate, uh, bringing in the jobs that it was going to mm-hmm. bring in as far as all of that and um, the implications that it was going to have on the city of Rock Hill just in general. Like, let's let's call a spade a spade as well. They put out the sports complex out there where they mm-hmm. have some great, you know, amateur basketball being played with a lot of these younger tournaments, the AAU tournaments of the world and, and things like that. And that was... Uh, precursors be to this this the the traffic that they were anticipating the city of rock hill south carolina to have because of all of the said stuff that was going to go down with the practice facility so they they've already made strides and and had construction going on for damn near five six years uh and please feel free to put a car horn you know where wherever you need to with me as well. 
but <laughs> it's been it's been construction going on for five or six years now of 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 just that, bruh, of preparing for this and for it the bag to be fumbled the way that it has, and then also the arrogance of the governor to say that, you know, what South Carolina, great space South Carolina is in, it's it's comical and it's it's laughable. Uh it's it's South Carolina. At its worst. Yeah. The the governor, South Carolina governor, Henry McMaster, uh, and this is a coming directly from a news article with WCNC, Charlotte, NBC. After hearing the announcement focused on touting jobs and capital investments. Today's announcement by the Panthers is disappointment, and we had hoped that they would be a part of South Carolina's record-breaking, booming economy, McMaster said in a statement Tuesday. And our state government's finances are in our strongest condition ever, with the largest budget surpluses and largest rented day reserves and the lowest debt in our history. South Carolina is winning, and we intend to keep winning. The best is yet to come. First uh, of all, you, well, go ahead. Nah, go ahead. Go ahead. I need a moment. I was going to say, whenever you have to tout how great your economy is, <laughs> it ain't that, that normally, great. Exactly. That normally tells you that you're feeling insecure about your economy. I'm pretty. Um, I look good today. <clears throat> no, you don't. And no, you right. <laughs> Bro, and here's my thing if the economy is so good, and if the state is doing so well, why couldn't y'all have given the city of Rock Hill the 225 mil that they needed to, to honor the agreement that they set forth from the beginning? There are those who have said that they're oh, oh, a greedy billionaire being greedy. No, 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 no. You do not become a $10 billion worth individual by allowing individuals and other entities to renege. To play with you. Exactly exactly i'm not even big on like the uh the drug game tv shows and the hustlers and all of that but at the end of the day any business person understands and respects that there's a certain level of that that's necessary in business as well you you you, you you're a man about business you honor the agreements that you set forth the ball rests exclusively with the city of rock hill and with governor mcmaster for trying to play with this man they, they, they knew he was a businessman, but, oh, this Yankee coming down from Pittsburgh and he don't know about the state of South Carolina, but down here, we're going to do. No. And now as a result, the economic impact is going to be faced by my city, the city that I reside in. Just not to mention, aside from the fact that you're robbing me of the privilege of being that close to the facility of my favorite team, the team of my youth. Let's let's never mind that. The economic again. <laughs> these out of and got me out and never mind that. If you look at exclusively the economic impact, it's 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 a bum deal for for the city of Rock Hill. If you look at the educational implications, you and I talked off air. There are certain partnerships that uh, were established with Winthrop University and other schools here in the city of Rock Hill that um, we're, we're, we're counting on those facilities to be able to teach their students. They were looking at partnerships upon which the recruitment has been built with the expectation that those things were going to be in place by the time that those students who are seniors now get ready to come and enter into their junior and senior year. 
So now you've made an effect and an impact on the enrollment of the institutions here in the area. Not only that, the impact of just those businesses that were going to be a part of the facility, those businesses that may have been attracted to the city as a result of it being there. All of these people are going to say, yo, if that's how Rock Hill gets down, I don't know that I want to be a part of that city. Not to mention the flaming that is going on on Twitter. Oh man, I, I was just I was just about to bring that up. Oh so. my listen, <laughs> the very first tweet that I saw said, Rocky a poor. <laughs> so now we out here living in a poor city. That's what it is. If we a poor city, why is rent so high? Why what oh now I'm on I'm on uh Microsoft Teams as you as you know when that comes to my job. So the camera is always on and I'm trying to hold you know, I'm looking at my phone trying to to save face and, and kind of keep it all together. <laughs> but the one thing that made me lose character altogether was the Panthers Rock Hill facility come October. And it had the sign that said Spirit Halloween, like you would see in Northwoods <laughs> Mall or some closed it. down empty <laughs> building that's just big for no reason. It's like, yo, let's go ahead and just put all these costumes in there. It was what like if, if it would have had Spirit oh. Halloween or it would have said uh, fireworks. Or whatever like that. That's the that's the two. That's the automatically what I thought about when I saw a spirit Halloween. I thought about fireworks. And like, well, they could sell fireworks out there, John. What's what's the what's the other one that we saw earlier today? Oh, uh, the uh well, the Panthers facility could always be the new elevation church, Rock Hill. Uh, <laughs> or Planet Fitness and Planet Fitness. <laughs> oh, Yo, man. this is not a good look by any stretch of anyone's imagination it's just trash and again it reflects on the city we've got an email from a fan um i'm actually going to jump the uh jump the order just a moment this email comes in from my guy deke green down in orangeburg south carolina deke writes with the agreement being terminated for the panthers practice facility in york county it's a sad situation all around rock hill dropped the ball and tepper deserves blame too Each side dug in their heels and weren't interested in a compromise. Now that space is going to be an is going to be empty because of each side not fulfilling their obligations. I don't see the practice facility being restarted. This could be harder for Tepper uh, to get a new stadium in Charlotte. I hope they can come back to the table and get it worked out. But perhaps that's wishful thinking. Um, honestly, Deke, thank you first of all for your email. And if you guys want to have uh, your emails read out on the show and to be a part of the show, email us at cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Deke, I got a little something coming to you, Doc, as soon as I see you, man, for a little Carolina Sports Talk back. So thank you for your email. But I agree and I disagree. Uh, Tepper, yes, he does have and bears some responsibility, but at the end of the day, he has an obligation to protect his brand, to keep his money. And to honor the agreement that he set forth and agreed to. And so far, he's done that. I think he's gone, um, if not above and beyond, he's definitely gone to the line <laughs> with what's expected of a businessman of his caliber with what he was going to do. I, I, I sat on the, on this show, on this program, on this network, Crux Media, and I said, oh, no, nah, that'd be a good look. 30 years, man, you can get more money in bra bra bra. And I was I wrong. Was just about to bring that up, though. And I was wrong because honestly, I'm not upset with him, although I was probably definitely speaking from my heart on some wanting to see it come through. 
How can you trust a city? How can you trust a council that has already shown you who they are? And in the words, the immortal words of uh, the poet Maya Angelou, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Like they've shown themselves who they are, and and, and yeah, now nah, we go. Oh man, come on down, man. We got this two hundred twenty-five million for you. Come on down, yo. All right, cool. I'm fitting to go ahead. Oh yeah, now nah, we got you. Hey yo, so that money dude coming up around that corner, uh, you going? Oh well, yeah, what nah, we gonna we do you. is we gonna get you some tax breaks, and then uh, Eggs. you know you gonna have some tax breaks for the next thirty years. And well, I'm seventy-five. <laughs> exactly, I'll be gone. But and and even on the flip of that. How is he to know that 15 years in, it's booming and they realize, yo, we losing a bunch of money. Hey, so we decided we go uh, after some restructuring and looking at these bylaws. We got to da, 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 flip the script on you. And I know you paid that $225 million, but uh, what you going to do? You here now. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset one bit with Mr. Tepper. I respect the businessman that he is and has been. Um, go and get us a championship now. You know what I'm talking about? But... This, this, like I said, we've talked enough about this. It's trash. Well, and, let me, I wanted to respond to Deke as well real quick. Go for it. Um, but yeah, shout out to you. Uh, certainly, Deke. Thanks for the, thanks for the email. And I kind of just want to echo your sentiments. Um, Tepper didn't get to where he's at uh, by being no kind of nobody's fool. Mm-hmm. So to your point, you know, it's, it's almost like a, I, yeah, I I don't even want to say what it's like because we it's, it's nothing to compare it to. But yeah, like if I'm if I'm accustomed to because uh, when we're talking about the two twenty five million, you know, we was talking about having five grand or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. If I'm accustomed to having five grand and I'm I'm green and I'm my nose is wide open and I got a good close friend or a close frat brother that uh, hey man, hey, let me get five hundred dollars. And you're like, okay, you give him $500 the first time. He never hits you back with it. Next time he hits you up, yo, man, if I could hold uh, $700 real quick. Okay. And you keep doing the same thing. You're going to, you know, you're eventually going to get burnt. So businessmen that get to that type of level of, of, of capital and, and wealth, they don't get there by accident. Um, you know, and they have certain practices that, that they abide by um, where, you know, again, you're not going to walk over any kind of, person that's worth billions of dollars. Uh, his, his other point regarding the stadium, I think is definitely going to take, to your point, a championship, uh, deep run in the playoffs, just a successful team, if you will. But also, Charlotte is a little different than Rock Hill. So, you know, <laughs> they're going to, they're gonna, if, they, if, if, if and it, the, the residents of Charlotte are, are set on some kind of goal, um, and meeting a goal, they're gonna they're gonna see to it that it's met. They're gonna hold politicians' feet to the fire. They're gonna make sure they they they're gonna buy up the, all of the bonds themselves as, exactly. as residents. So, exactly. So you know, and Roy just not gonna let anything happen up there in this. State. It's a right. It's a little bit different in Charlotte, I think, than in Rock Hill. I hate to polarize the two states because I grew up in South Carolina, uh, but you know. As a Charlotte the residence. Pal- <laughs> right. The, pal- the Palmetto State is the Palmetto State. And, it's, and, and, and and what's crazy to me is as much as I love being a Panthers fan, we are at the end of the day in the Carolinas and North and South Carolina beef. And, and just to see the division that's within 
the two, two, two the one team, two states. Um, it, it's crazy on Facebook in on an Instagram and any all of these different fan forums. There are those who from the beginning have said, "Yo, this Charlotte's team," and then those in South Carolina, we don't want nothing to do with y'all little ragged team. And it's like, "Yo, come on, it's the Carolinas team." This mm-hmm. will do nothing but to further that divide. I have intentionally, I mean, granted, I was working real hard. Today. I was working hard today at work, but like I on purpose didn't go in none of those groups because I was just like, I don't even want to hear what they got to say about it. I hadn't turned on ESPN because I know they're going to have something to say about it. I know NFL Live tomorrow is going to eat them up. But at the end of the day, this is a bad look for the city of Rock Hill. But yeah, as we move forward, at least somebody has some money. Shout out to the Cleveland Browns who are signing their Pro Bowl cornerback Denzel Ward to a five-year, one hundred and one hundred point five million dollar contract extension that includes seventy-one point two five million dollars guaranteed making him the highest paid cornerback in NFL history. Hey man, the Browns said they got some bread. They giving out they giving out money. What are your thoughts on Cleveland Browns making Denzel Ward the highest paid quarterback cornerback in history? The boy is 24 years old. Shout out to his um his representation. Mm-hmm. I think he's represented by CAA Sports. Or um, I believe, um, but yeah, yeah, it looks like Tory, yeah, Tory Dandy of CAA Sports, the one that negotiated the contract. But shout out to his representation because you still got your Jalen Ramseys of the world and all of that stuff out here. Um, but to get busy like they did, man, uh, that's that's big. That that the boy is twenty four and getting it. dog. That means that he was born in nineteen ninety seven. First of all, stop talking with your mouth right now, bro. First of all, <laughs> that's wild, and and I but he's a talent though. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are watching Cleveland Browns football games, um, but he is a, a whole problem out there, man. So he it's well deserved, and I think they are they really believe that they've got the pieces necessary to go and win a Super Bowl championship, and so they are, they're putting literally putting their money where their mouth is at this point. Yeah, um, of course, with the acquisition of your boy Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. you know. They they're trying to do something out there, um, you know, and then we'll see what they do in the draft as well. But it brought up uh, when I was looking at the the headline, it did bring up a question that I wanted to ask you, Big Cliff. Mm-hmm. Outside of quarterback and the 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 diva skills position of wide receiver, um, which positions do you feel deserve the big bag? The big bag, um, as evidenced by. This major contract, I do believe the cornerbacks are um, cornerback history. History of it too, because uh, you had your boy Josh Norman, mm-hmm. uh, you had Revis Island, exactly. who was notorious. That was the first notorious Legion of Boom. You know, yeah. I mean, would you count? Would you count Dion? I guess or Primetime being one of Absolutely. the first to got you to kind of revolutionize that that money. For for the cornerback position, mm-hmm. old Darrow coming out of um, Redskins. What was Darrow's last name? Uh, was it Jackson? Not Woodson. No, 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 no. 
I want to say Daryl Jackson. Uh, he was the cornerback with the – he's a Hall of Famer with the Redskins. But, yeah, no, these boys – these guys at the cornerback position have been playing and getting some big bucks because the skill necessary – and it's not even – skill is necessary, but the God-given ability that it's required to play the cornerback position. Um, for me, as someone who is a cerebral individual, um, I played – the game on a, on a, on a mental level, even as a, a former running back and, and offensive lineman, I played at a, at, on, at a heady level. I never could figure out cornerbacks because <laughs> the, the physical speed necessary to backpedal at four, 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 three running backwards while still being able to cover and anticipate and knowing when to stop on a dime. Offensive players always have an advanced um, opportunity or, uh, they got a, an advantage because we know where we're going. We, we know where the play is, and we're in, instinctually trying to alleviate the talent of the defensive persons, uh, defensive players. And so for them to still be in position like many of them are, and specifically this young man, to know where to be, to have the speed to make up if he makes a mistake, like cornerback to me is one of the hardest positions. And to be honest, I don't, like, like I'm able to, on Madden even, Playoff from the from the running back, playoff from the, the defensive side, from the middle linebacker position, but I I would never ever ever manually control a cornerback mm-hmm. in Madden. I'm just not going to do it. Um, so yeah. shout out to the cornerbacks. Um, the one other thing that a characteristic that I think um gets left out a lot with cornerbacks is perseverance. The perseverance that it takes mm-hmm. to get beat one play, and you know. Of course, again, who you're guarding are divas, skilled players that are marketed at the highest level. They're showing off with their newest end zone dances. So they're waiting to do their end zone dances on you regardless. So they're trying to beat you every single play and the perseverance it takes. But also it takes some guts. Right. So we talked about your boy um, uh, Trayvon Diggs. you know, during the football season and you kind of brought up early in in the football season, Hey, let's not get too high on him and all of this and that. And there's, a you know, a, the rest of the season, his naive, his naivete showed and his youth showed kind of uh, with that position. But when you compare that, that fact that he was leading the NFL at one point in, in interceptions just off of him, uh, kind of uh, going with his instinct, his first mm-hmm. instinct, and then compare that to the fact that you got even more cerebral cornerbacks out there that actually can cover a double move, can anticipate, and l- by looking at wide receivers' feet patterns, where wide receiver is going, and just don't depend on their physical ability. Right. It's 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 uh like you said, it's it's one of those top positions. Um. I also, uh, you know, outside of that, any other defensive players under that that uh, you know that that unless unless you're like an Aaron Donald or a Von Miller, like, do you see any other defensive positions itself that kind of garner that type of, you know, Mike linebacker maybe or no, and 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 only because all of those positions are ones that they're you can get away with having a decent one and, and gotcha. not necessarily having to be great. Of course, any great player, regardless of positions, 
deserves to be paid. Yeah, like if you're just the best punter in the league, you're going to get your bread. But cornerbacks and cornerbacks, wide receivers, and QBs to me are those top three that like, yo, nah, you got to have a great one and 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 they got to come in that bag. Unless you got the Tom Brady's of the world who are like, yeah, nah, I'm going to just keep winning and giving my money back to everybody else. Y'all get me some players around me. Um, right, right. So, yeah. Well, yeah, man, that's a great discussion. <laughs> and guess what? I'm not even going to cut that. I'm going to leave that right there. No fancy uh, transition today. We're just going to jump right. straight into it. If you have any auto home life or health insurance needs, reach out to our good friend Grant Williams with Farm Bureau Insurance located at 1038 Wildwood Center in Columbia, South Carolina. Grant is there to handle all of your needs. And if you mention the code Big Cliff, he's even got a good discount for you as well. So, again, for all of your auto home life and health insurance needs reach out to grant williams with farm bureau insurance 843-453-5257 grant williams with farm bureau insurance 843-453-5257 so shout out to grant uh just wanted to i'm sorry to cut you off no, 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 big bro that. yeah just wanted to update everybody real quick on the on the uh games going on tonight the grizzlies did close it out and finish off everything with the Timberwolves beating them 124 to 96. And currently we're at halftime with the Phoenix Suns over the New Orleans Pelican, the New Orleans Pelicans 61 to 56. Shout out to the, to the, to the home team, Carolina kid, Carolina, Carolina. We still got to get that sound but that's neither here nor there. Next up, it is time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big nah, deal. that ain't no thing. You know the segment, we give you some sports headlines and let you know whether it's a big deal or not a thing. First up, Kyrie flying birds in Boston. Big deal or no thing? <laughs> uh, no thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. That's a big deal. You know, I'm jumping the other way. Go ahead. Why you saying no thing? While I did love the gestures, um, I, I just say it's no thing. Currently, um, look, right now, Kyrie's going through Ramadan. He's literally not drinking any water, any kind of fluids during these games and during uh, while the sun is out. Of course, they're not eating, um, you know, salute to everybody of the that faith that that is kind of uh, practicing Ramadan currently. Um, and, and he's listen, uh, you could just see it. Uh, and hear it in his tone in the post post game conference. He is uh, he's pretty fed up. You know, I don't know what it does to you, uh, but I'm guessing that it does shorten your temper if you don't eat all day and you don't get to drink anything all day. So he's pretty fed up. But nevertheless, um, you know, it's Boston. We know what kind of love hate relationship Kyrie has with Boston. <laughs> hate, burning, hate. <laughs> yeah. Burning Sage out there and everything like that. So I, I think that it's something that's been there and, and that's not, not, not really a uh, no thing. I say it's a big deal because it illuminates further how trash the city of Boston is. And, and I'm, I'm biased. Let, let me state this fact. Boston's a beautiful city. It, it looks nice. Beacon Hill, um, especially in the winter, beautiful city. The people and all of their sports teams are trash. The Boston Celtics, the Boston Bruins, um, the 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 uh, Red Sox, the Red Sox, all of them are trash. Uh, and they and they prove themselves to be that. 
it's a big deal because he's lost money and I'm hoping that he does not allow them to feel like they can get under his skin because all it will do is allow him to continue to perpetuate what they're going to do. Um, there was a, there was a uh, video that I saw on social media where there was a young woman that was like, hey, Kyrie, hey, Kyrie. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. Uh, that's not what she said. Uh, <laughs> and I was reaching for the car horn, but hey, <laughs> modern technology. Now, she was like giving him the business as he was walking through. And he was just like, you know what? Bomb, bomb, bomb. And like they, they were going into it. But at no point should a professional athlete's integrity be called into question and or have to be berated with disrespect in the way that he is. I'm a heckler. I'm a dude that's gonna talk trash. I'm a, uh, I might make fun of the way you look, but it's gonna all be, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not gonna be cussing and trying to spit and throw things at people. And Boston seems to want to run out. And I think all of this and what's been happening further illuminates just how trash that city is. So, do you have any real quick? Do you have any uh, stories of like where your heckling has made it to any players where you could see that you know somebody heard you? Oh, without doubt, multiple times, specifically um, in undergrad, because uh, you know how my, loud my mouth used to be back in the day. Um, and so from the stands, I was yelling louder than everyone else. And one of the Benedict College players heard me and was like, whoa, 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 what's up? Meet me outside. I was like, yo, homeboy, you don't want to lose your scholarship, bro. You better keep attention on that court, dog. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want the smoke over this way. Like, and. I remember like, yo, how you going to get mad at him for getting mad at you for heckling him? <laughs> but then once I saw, again, once I saw I was under his skin, then I flipped back in the mode and he had a very terrible and hard night the rest of that evening. Um, I can imagine. Because, <laughs> I mean, just by the nature of who I was during that point, and, yeah, nah, it was, there wasn't no way that that was going to win for Buddy. I, w- once I even, oh, Lord, I thank God for growth. I, I, I was outside the gym waiting for the team to walk to the bus one night because I talked so much trash to them um, and they wanted to proceed to do so in a petty ma- nature. And then it was me standing by the bushes at Claflin University as the team was coming out and proceeded to continue to talk trash. Uh, now, I wasn't speaking directly to the team. I was talking to a young lady who was uh, from their school, um, but I was talking loud enough to her that they heard. And yes, they had just lost, but it's like, yo, <laughs> You don't want this smoke, dog. You better get on that bus, homie. If you want to play the game tomorrow, you better get on that bus, dog. It's so like, I'm just grateful that I'm not that guy anymore. So, yes, heckling has made it to players, and it's caused altercations. But, again, a lot of these fans ain't about that life, though. And so to be bucking at a professional, it's like, yo, y'all, come on, sit down, for real. Yeah. Next up, the Panthers offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo, says that Sam Darnold is the starter? Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. I agree. Why you say nah, that? Nah, that ain't no thing. Because who else was he going to say is the starter? <laughs> <laughs> Again, I wasn't expecting anything else. You know, well, we, want, we want Big Cliff to keep his Panther fandom going. So you we listen. don't want Jimmy G out here. Watch your mouth. Don't want any of those announcements. Don't want all that you crackling know. of the candy that you got going on right now. Right. Chips, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like to me, it's no big deal because one, like you said, who else is he really going to say Two, Yes, there is quote an open competition, 
But at the end of the day, I would not, and I mentioned it a few weeks ago, I'm not going to be upset if he is the starter based on where we are and honestly where we're not going this year, and that's the postseason. <laughs> Next up, <laughs> is that just like the most remote answer ever? Pittsburgh Maulers USFL running back cut over pizza versus chicken salad incident. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. That's a big deal. I'm going to say it's also a big deal. That's a big deal. Uh, Before we get our synopsis on it, those of you who may have missed it, the USFL has restarted and or is newly starting its football operations. And the Pittsburgh team, um, under the leadership of their very clearly first-year head coach, cut a former Ohio State player after um, the head coach, Kirby Wilson, cut former Ohio State uh, running back Devion Smith after the team's 17-3 loss in its opener, um, he mentioned that the, their contracts had a special clause that dealt with no disrespect as a part of the policies there. And so after being asked if he could have, if he wanted chicken salad, um, Smith said, no, I don't want that. Um, and then he saw pizza and he's like, well, would you want this? Is that going to be a, a big deal? And his response was, yeah, and then walked off. It was reported back to the coach, and they used that as a reason to let him go. So why do you say that it's a big deal? Just the bizarre nature of the story itself. Um, Also wanted to take this time real quick to highlight one of our frat brothers, uh, one of our younger frat brothers. uh, I'll just call him by name, DeAndre. Mm -hmm. um, (laughs) Gets on to our group chat slash uh, video chat that we have as a chapter this week and says, um, because uh, first of all, one of our, one of our frat brothers, Biggie, was watching USFL this weekend. Okay, and then our, our other good frat brother who gets a name drop all the time, Ashton, comes on to the group video chat and says, "Oh man, yeah, you know, New Jersey is is the squad." Da 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 da. Me and my partner was just talking about the USFL coming back, and then our younger frat brother DeAndre comes on to the video chat and goes, "Now." I understand FL is for football league. What does the U.S. part stand for? Uh, any bros, y'all just chime in whenever y'all can. Uh, I'm just looking for answers. This is all true. This is <laughs> so. But nevertheless, um, the story itself, like I said, the, the bizarre nature of the story, it still doesn't all the way make sense to me or, or like the dots still don't connect. On, uh, I could kind of see the, you know, the how somebody could see something as insubordinate or disrespectful, mm-hmm. but the the dots just don't, don't connect all the way for me. Where it seems like it's a, um, it, it it just wasn't warranted. In other words, it's a big deal for me also for very similar reasons. Um, the format that this team or that the coverage that they have of this team because they're doing like a. Uh, what was the what's the NFL's behind the scenes hard knocks um, like a hard knocks esque um, account of the reestablishment of the USFL and so this whole interaction of him being released is being filmed with one of the, the corner cameras and you're not looking at the camera you're talking to us and so the coach is there it almost seems like he staged this entire thing to do that to get ratings. Because even as the young man tried to explain himself, he's like, no, the decision is made. And and the young man explained the situation. And very credibly from the external perspective, 
seemed to have had an argument of why he wasn't being disrespectful. But the coach wanted no parts of it and was like, well, nope, it's, it's said and done and, and that's gone. In the room is the coach, the GM, the player, and uh, another staff member. After the coach says that, he gets up and walks off. And everybody's looking around like, yo, why did he make this big dramatic exit? Like he knew like the cameras was there. And like, so it's, all around is something fishy to me. Um, I, I wish the young man, Mr. Smith, the best. Um, after having led the XFL prior to its uh, dissolution in rushing, I, I really hope he has an opportunity to get on with the team uh, moving forward. Because that sounds like he just needs to be up out of there because they trash. Last up. Colin Kaepernick is willing to be a backup in the National Football League. Big deal or no thing? Big deal. Another. <laughs> hey, yo, it's a new board. What you want me to do? That's a big deal. <laughs> For me? Nah, that ain't no thing. Why you say it's a big deal? Uh, um, Mainly because he knows what he's inviting um, as mm-hmm. far as the criticism that he's going to be inviting. Uh, post post uh, lawsuit settlement and mm-hmm. getting all of that money from the settlement, um, or I don't even know if he, if however that payment has has been dispersed, but the settlement was made or whatever the decision was made with the settlement. So to uh, you know, to come back and and even and to lament the fact that hey, I could even be a backup for one of y'all, you know, is um kind of sort of uh in a way admitting you know that you've not not lost a step but admitting that you're a step below kind of what where the premier talent of the league at that position is at um and that you're willing to work yourself back uh but you know we're we're dealing with what maybe right now four or five years of this thing oh yeah absolutely five years um so it's 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 definitely a, a sad sad story from beginning to end, but there is no, to me, and and also off of fresh off of a Ava DuVernay, you know, Netflix special or whatever like that. There's no, there's no happy ending where you're leading a team to a Super Bowl if if you're Colin Kaepernick. I understand that you probably missed the competition of the game. You think that you can do a lot of things, but I feel like it's a big deal because of everything that he has uh, up against him and the criticism that he knows that he's going to have to endure. Uh, in this little journey that he's about to take on. I agree and disagree all at the same time. Honestly, um, I think that this was a ploy because I really do think he thinks he can play. And even if he comes in as a backup, he he will get the opportunity to compete. And so I'm not upset with him. It's no big deal to me because, again, it's just a ploy. Now, let me ask you this. As a Panthers fan, would you rather have Sam Darnold or Colin Kaepernick? I'd like to see, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Colin Kaepernick in the black and teal or black and hey, aqua. Yo, black and blue, get it right. Curly. Black and aqua, you know, it's a certain type of blue. So, I mean, I don't know panther what, blue. What, what kind of, all right. So black and panther blue, bro. We, it's not a, it's not a cobalt. It's not a royal blue. It's panther you know blue. That. It's so, literally, it, it, right. with regards to hex, uh, it's literally in the middle between the Carolina and Duke blues. I don't know if you ever knew that. Right. Yeah. So um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him compete mm-hmm. for that job, uh, especially if he was able to come in, you know, off of his hiatus and take the job. It'll just 
solidify everything that we knew about Sam Darnold already. But <laughs> <laughs> so it's but, more a reflection on Sam than it is on Cap. Right. But okay. at the same time, again, with the premier talent. Because Sam Darnold is trash, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the premier talent that the NFL has seen uh, as the as the quarterback talent gets better, the defense gets mm. quicker and faster and better. Mm. So it'll Good be point. interesting to definitely see because the same way that we see that visually can see that Cam Newton has lost a step. What do you think? You know, Colin Kaepernick has done all of that workout speed and workout. Uh, you could work out at one hundred and ten. You know, percent, but it's it's not the same as game speed, right? And and reacting in the game or whatnot. So I I, w- I I wouldn't mind seeing it though. It would at least bring some headlines to Carolina outside of Rock Hill hey, versus Charlotte. Why did I know you? <laughs> the Carolina Panthers versus the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Carolina Panthers North versus South. But no, exactly. honestly, I I'm not sure. He looks the part, and like you said, throwing in some shorts and helmets, he looks good. But Terrell Owens, you see, he's out there balling at 112 years old in the fan-led league that he's a part of. So if he, if that old 49-year-old man can go out there and ball out, then Cap should be able to come in, and I, I, he deserves a chance. There's no way. He's better than Baker Mayfield in my mind. He's probably better than, not probably, he's better than Sam Darnold. Um, so I don't know. Let's see. We'll hopefully get an opportunity. So last up on the show today. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Winning time. The rise of the Showtime Lakers available on HBO. Warning. Spoilers are about to happen. Definitely. Carolina Sports Um, Talk does not necessarily reflect and or agree with all the cussing and stuff that they have on the show. Viewer discretion is advised. Did you, um, just before we get into that, Laker adjacent topic. Have you seen any of the latest pictures of Shannon Brown by any chance? No. Why? Wow. Okay. Oh, now you literally got me in my getting my phone in my hand right now. <laughs> what? Listen, I was too busy looking at Monica in uh, visiting C Murder in uh, jail. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to nothing to do with sports, y'all. Literally, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, nah, that you were you were brought up uh, To Tara Lowens and stuff like that and. They got some pictures of Shannon Brown where it's like, dang, brother, you know, you you used to look like Chris Brown. Now you look like Steve Brown, the comedian. Uh, Shout out to the bros. Do you see the picture? Oh, what? (laughs) Dang, homie. (laughs) From from Chris Brown to Steve Brown. I mean, I I get a lot of pizza? I don't know. But anyways. Heartbreak from Monica? I don't know. What's um, up? Perhaps. So uh, let's get into winning time. Wait, though. hold on, hold on. Shannon Brown <laughs> looks like he ate Shannon Brown, bro. What's really good out here? I can't, I can't, just, I can't just bring that up and leave it, huh? Nah, nah. And, and <laughs> for those of you who may not see it, he looks like he's playing He's with the, what is that, the big three league? That Yeah, that's what it appears like. It's some kind of auxiliary league. Wow. Yeah, I'm leaving that alone. Go ahead on. (laughs) All right. So uh, this week on Winning Time, I will say this. uh, It wasn't too heavy on the adult scenes and drug use. Uh, 
you know Chips, again you is killing my bad. me <laughs> my bad but uh it wasn't too heavy on that this week this week was called the invisible man um the the lakers the lakers went on a holiday road trip uh so to to start off the uh show um your boy um john riley playing Jerry Buss, he uh Dr. Buss, he goes through the talks about Monopoly. Um they're they're going through, they talk about the different um negative things that have been going on with his life. Um so you know the coach getting into an accident, they bring up the mother and stuff, which we talked about last week, where he said it was metastatic cancer, I want to say um that she was actually going through and experiencing. Um and then you know they also talk about kind of the positive and the good things of, of kind of, you know, winning a championship and things like that. So you still get the woes of one Paul Westhead and his coaching uh, and what's going on with that. But also I think I correctly forecasted last week where you start to see that opportunity open up for Pat Riley um, as far as to, for him to get on the bench and, and be able to be an assistant coach and on that coaching staff and off of uh away from the announcing game and stuff like that um so they're uh they're playing that had moses malone i want to say maybe houston or something i thought it was the sixers whoever they were playing at the beginning of the opening scene uh you see malone on the back and i assumed it was moses malone but uh he crashes into paul westhead um on the sideline you know Mm -hmm. Paul Westhead is just in disarray as far as with the coaching and what to do. Uh, you see fans heckling him. Um, Norm, Storm and Norman, he's on the sideline uh, berating the coach on some like, you know, get me back in the game, get me back in the game. And as a side note, real quick, uh, Westhead and Spencer Haywood's beef just continues to fester throughout this episode as well and, and kind of show its ugly head. So, uh, the the big game that comes up is Detroit, uh, where they're going to play Detroit. Uh, they're going back to Michigan and everything like that. Um, it's on Christmas, and this is the game that uh, – this is the second game of their road trip. Uh, it, it slips me who they played the first game of the road trip, uh, but, you know, it, it was uh, – Again, they were like they were anticipating on winning and they lost. But um, when they go to play Detroit, they are playing a last last place team, Detroit Pistons, and they uh, still end up losing. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it was like I think Pat Riley again. He's getting on the bench and getting his feet wet on the bench, uh, working with Paul Westhead. Um, but also, like I said, they're they're in Michigan, so the team ends up going to Magic Johnson's house, kicking it over there. They're having a great time, uh, eating, mama's mama's home cooking, mm-hmm. drink drinking beer and stuff like that. You got look like you got some stuff to say. Uh, it's a good time for you to go ahead and interject. Uh, this was actually my favorite scene of um, the episode um, when. Kareem and Irving Sr. were sitting at the table. Um, and Kareem and they, they shared a moment. There was a time where they 
uh, Kareem was like, can I ask you a question about your son? Like, first of all, the, the, his voice just gives a whole stoic. Yeah. Perspective on, on Kareem and whatnot. But to say that, yeah, he's always so happy. And, and, and to hear about urban's dad say how he was shielded from the cares of the world, but how he was from Mississippi and, you know, he was, it wasn't anything for him to be able to see the, um, strange fruit hanging from the popular tree. Um, a reference, a song reference to the hanging of African-Americans in the deep South um, during that time. And and so he and Kareem had that shared camaraderie of the struggle of what African-Americans were dealing with and then reflected on how magic just was oblivious so much to it. Um, and then the pack was made. He was like, well, if he gets out of line, I'll bust him up. Yeah. Um, and Irvin senior was like, I take that as a personal favor. Thank you. And and just kind of seeing that shared moment. One other thing I did want to note, you talked about the road trip. Uh, in true big cliff fashion, I went and did a little research and it it and when leading into that first Boston game of the nineteen seventy nine season, the Lakers had actually won ten or fourteen. <laughs> um they won the first game handily and um the second game that they played their net during that season they also won. There was a point during the third quarter when it was close as what the final score was reflected in the show, but um, they eventually won that game pretty handily as well. So what they, the creators, in fact, did was combine the two and kind of increase the drama factor for um, the show. But um, Boston was reflected throughout this episode as in, in at the pinnacle as being exactly who they are, were, a trash city. Um from the <laughs> from the owner being placed in the nosebleed sections to be able to watch the game to the terrible calls by the referees mm-hmm. to even the announcer um, being very partial to what was going on with regards to the calls and everything. Uh, it, it was interesting to see the theatrical rendition of the truth of Boston. <laughs> <laughs> of Boston. Yeah, real quickly, though, they want to kind of, because you, you, you sped up a little bit, um, like another part in the house uh, with Storm and Norman, he's in the living room mm-hmm. and you could see kind of this veteran moment. I, I like how they they portray Norman as that veteran that's kind of been around the league, can can give, you know, guys the the real on a lot of different things. So he talks, uh, says this quick story about Bill Russell, um, says like Bill Russell, uh, again, alluding to the 11 he's won the city and he says that the guy comes home one day door is ajar door mm-hmm. is open in boston uh he said they didn't have he, he he first of all he foreshadowed what he was about to say by saying they didn't even have the decency to burn a cross on his on his lawn uh but he goes upstairs into his bedroom and there was crap or pretty much human feces sitting on the bed, right? A number two done on his bed. And they're talking about one of the city's heroes. So he was painting the picture of, of Boston before they left Lansing and before they left that, that family feeling being surrounded by love and good food, you know, beer and, and kicking it camaraderie and stuff like that. Fellowship. Uh, pretty much he was preparing them for what was about to go down in Boston and everything like that. Uh, also given some of the stories uh, of kind of painting a picture that, that the garden was haunted and mm-hmm. that, you know, just the, the spirits and, and stuff of a leprechaun 
were there uh, running through the garden. So so that's that's kind of what led up to that. And then also you could see in Jerry West's face that he wanted no parts of the garden. Uh, you can imagine how many uh, losses that he took to Bill Russell um, during his time. And he seemed to not want any parts of, of going inside. He stayed in the limousine listening to the game uh, while... With a Boston um, fan is the driver. <laughs> right, right. Um, before the Boston game as well, while they were in Detroit at the Howard Johnson, um, Pat Riley and Paul West had have a moment after Pat Riley gets a phone call in his room from uh, Elgin, Elgin Baylor, Baylor uh-huh. which cameoed by Orlando Jones. All of you may know him as Solange Knowles' uh, long-lost stepdaddy. But uh, shout-out to... <laughs> Orlando Jones and his doppelganger Solange Knowles, um, but he was playing. He was playing Elgin Baylor. He looked just like her too. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he essentially was uh, being uh, groomed, if you will, to come in and I guess be a, a stopper or an intermediate option as coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the Lakers, and it it threw Pat Riley off because again, Pat Riley threw ditched the uh, commentator job mm-hmm. at Paul Westhead's at Paul Westhead's uh, beck and call, and Paul because Paul Westhead pretty much begged him and told him that he needed him. So uh, Pat Riley definitely felt blindsided by the move or by the situation itself. Um. Him and Elgin Baylor had a history or had a relationship or rapport. I'm sure they played together uh, the way that they were talking to each other or whatnot on the phone. But he definitely wasn't feeling that that whole vibe or whatnot or that situation. Um, And like I said, it was before they went to Boston. Um, A bunch of coaching executive talk between like Bus, between Bus, Jerry West and Jack McKinney. Uh, regarding what they were going to be doing moving forward. And essentially they were saying, you know, we get out of this with a win in Boston. Now that was, that was the main thing. Uh, If we can win in Boston, if we can win in Boston. Yeah. The agreement was basically if they were able to pull out a win in Boston, that they would be able to stay in um, Paul West, they could remain coach and give him a chance to healing and get back out there. But if he lost, they were gone and he was going to have to move in a different direction. Bus was with regards to leadership. So, yeah. And oh. again, this is all for dramatic purposes, because like you said, or alluded to the timelines are definitely off with with things like Jack McKinney's recovery and then like mm-hmm. things like that Boston game and stuff like that. So, you know, you see Norm Nixon and Michael Cooper walking in the uh, uh, down the, you know, whatever, going to the locker room in Boston and a, a, a mouse runs you know, by scurries past and things like that. Uh, you know, Michael Cooper's throwing off. But fast forward uh, again, while while they're in Boston, um, you start you see the cameo of of Larry Bird and whoever mm. they did the casting for with that man, spot on with that. You know, it's exactly how I picture Larry Bird to be. He's a uh, um, what do they call it? Uh, that chewing tobacco. Yeah. Or dip, dip rather, has some dip 
and and he's spitting it into an empty Budweiser can. Magic being magic. Hey, Larry, what's up, man? Full ear-to-ear smile. Put his hand out to shake Larry's hand. Larry pretty much looks at it like, let's get this press conference over with. They go into a press conference. Uh, Larry Bird is Larry Bird um, and is kind of just answering the questions very dry and things like that while Magic is kind of selling the game up. Go ahead. Now, I love the juxtaposition of Magic with his, oh, hum, I'm just a basketball player, happy guy. And then you got this extra bitter, mean, angry uh, Larry Bird who consistently loses to Magic. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that just juxtaposition, especially as a Laker fan. Go ahead. Absolutely. Nah, and so if I begin to the game, like you said, Dr. Buss, um, him and his business partner, Frank, I believe it was Frank that was with him. They gave them some nosebleed seats, but also did you peep the gift that they that they delivered to him uh, from Red Auerbach? Oh, yes. He's like, yeah, a gift from Red Auerbach. And he opens so, it up and he's like, it's a vegetable like your coach. <laughs> just horrible. Savage life. Yeah. Right. Nah. Right. Like like I said, back then, trash talking was a little different and because. Ain't no way. None. Zero. Ain't no way, man. Zero. People would be like, um, lock up, feelings hurt. Yeah, nah. So um, pretty much, you know, they they end up winning the game off of a, a pass from Magic to Michael Cooper. Um, also, this kind of during the game, one of the turning points was Paul Westhead going to Spencer Haywood and bringing your man Wood Harris into the game. He brought a level of physicality to the game as far as setting picks. A little brawl almost kind of breaks out where they end up kind of, uh, you know, getting into a little scuffle or whatnot with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, again, they, they face adversity. They end up beating the Celtics and stuff in that game. Now, earlier in the episode during the Detroit game, um, he has a visit uh, during, like, the when they first get into town, runs into Cookie. You can see his face light up. Uh, Cookie, uh, you know, her and her girlfriend, they're there um, kind of doing pregame stuff and, and things like that or, or whatnot with Magic, kind of welcoming, getting welcomed back to back to the city and stuff like that. Yeah. So um, after that, uh, at the house, at his mama's house, He's expecting to see Cookie come through the door with with uh, her home. The home girl comes by herself. Um, all right, boom. And then they get back to the Howard Johnson. When they get back to the Howard Johnson and they're about to leave to go to Boston, um, Cookie shows up. And she's at the door. You know, magic. Hey, you know, he tries to give her that that kind of that cold shoulder that he that he tries like. Their 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 dynamic is, is lovely, you know. Uh, I, I, that's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> I, because you know how the story plays out and stuff like that, and it's it's kind of crazy how it does. But you could just see the genuine love they have for each other. And uh, so he's he's asking her, you know, you know, uh, what you doing here now and stuff like that. And you know, she she shows her vulnerability that she has some hesitations about him and the the megastar that he is uh on a on a um projected to be in other words and and on that that trajectory to be 
and where she kind of fits into all of that. You see his vulnerability and the fact that he just wants, he just wants cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so right after he, uh, hugs her and professes his love and sends her on her way. Exactly. The horn honks for, okay, all of that stuff to stop. And it, it just doesn't go too far. She leaves and then somebody comes out of the bathroom. Now, was that a random or was that homegirl? That was the girl. That was homegirl. Who was I, saying, I, I introduced y'all and oh, you right. don't owe me. And then right. showed up to the house the night before without her. Yeah. Right. Then And so when I watched it back, of course, you know me, uh, two-time Timmy over here. But when I watched it back <laughs> for the second time, um, I, I, I paid attention to when she came to the house. Mm-hmm. Of like during the little party or, or dinner or whatnot, and she, you know, it was a, it was a pretty pretty uh, platonic hug that Magic gave, but she did say it was nice seeing you, and kind of made that eye contact, Magic, like you know, it was it was nice to see you tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I'm trying to see you some more. What's happening? Right, right, right. So, yeah, that was. That was kind of a crazy part of the of the uh, of the episode. But that's but, why to me, that's one of the reasons why Magic came out and said, yeah, y'all don't believe nothing you see on it because they put in all his business <laughs> out in the streets, man. Like like everybody know what it is. But like I'm now say, folks yeah, even if even if it isn't all the way 100 percent accurate and it's some of it is done up for dramatic purposes, there's definitely truth in in. The mm-hmm. hyperbole, if you will, there's there's truth in the exaggeration. Big facts. Overall, I'm I'm enjoying it, man. This is it's it's award winning to me at this point. Like it's it's very. And I can't. We cannot say it enough. We say it every week, but it's well shot. Um, the music and is the great. casting. The casting is spot on. The actors are good. Just it's just an overall really good show. So if you guys haven't been checking it out yet, go ahead and log on to HBO. Check out Winning Time: The Rise of the Showtime Lakers. Available every Sunday night on HBO. Well, my dog, it's time to get on up and out of here, man. You got anything you want to holler at the people before we go? Nah, nah. It's it's been a long, long day, man. I know that you got business to tend to, my brother, and uh, look. Definitely, you know, it's it's been over a year, but I sincerely want to thank all of our listeners out there, man, especially for sticking with us and and for continuing to contribute their emails and their feedback and everything like that as Carolina Sports Nation continues to grow um, over the weeks. You know what I'm saying? We hope that nobody reneges on no kind of $225 million (laughs) promises to us. So. (laughs) <laughs> Listen, if you're out here making $225 million promises, go ahead on to follow through with it, man. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. We appreciate you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Carolina Sports Talk. Or to be a part of the show, email us, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Or you can also be a part of our Facebook group, Carolina Sports Talk Talks Back. Until next week, peace.